Hello, how are you doing? Oh, fantastic. I, I feel um, I've come down. Because, uh, this, is a, this is a nice gathering, isn't it? Uh, the best gatherings are the small gatherings. God did amazing things through 12 people, didn't he? And he's met with them regularly. You know, he did for those three years. And, uh, and, and learnt loads of things. I remember um, as a, uh, a young leader myself, being part of the youth group, I was leading young guys and leading them the way. And um, we were on a, a church weekend away once, and um, there was uh, 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 activities to do. And I chose to do the rock climbing wall because I am so cool. I actually used to do rock climbing, but I, I get vertigo and I get, I'm terrified of heights because it adds to the buzz, doesn't it? So that's the sort of hobby you take on. So on this, on this day, this Saturday, I thought I'll teach them you know, moves and, and things like that. Anyway, the end of it, I didn't know what was in store. The, uh, the instructor there um, took us into this tower and up some stairs to a room at the very top of this tower, three stories high. And this room, there was an open door to the outside. And... Uh, and it was a bit, you, no one wanted to go near the door. And uh, he, at the back corner, there was this contraption in, with a mesh around some sort of big fan, of, which was connected to like a big cone. And around the cone was like a wire, a very thin wire, which was wrapped around the cone from the fat to the thin side. And, and this instructor said, this is an air break. And you'll be stepping out of that door, three stories down, and the way it works is that actually, as you step out, you feel no breaking whatsoever. But as the, as the, uh, the wire comes off the large end and comes down towards, as it starts re being released, as you fall plummeting to the ground, you will find that the breaking increases and you will land safely down the bottom. So the truth was, I didn't actually want to be last. <laughs> so I chose to go first, leading the way. I had no idea if this thing would work. And we, I could understand what he'd said. So I stood on the edge of this doorway, three stories up, and just fell off the side of a building. Now, about halfway down, I realized that I felt the sensation of breaking. Oh, joy. The hope came to me. And as I came down to the bottom, it was such a speed that, I was gently standing on the ground, which was fantastic. I don't know what death-defying feats of faith you've done, but stepping out of a doorway three floors up and actually falling to the ground was one of the ones of my highlights. But faith is a, a funny thing, and we're going to talk about it and, and see about it tonight. If we uh, turn, if you've got your Bibles, we've got a story tonight which is about one guy's faith, amazing faith that Jesus picked up on. It's um, the, called the, the healing of the centurion's slave. In Luke 7, if you get to Luke chapter 7, um, we're going to pick up the story from there. We'll read through it. It's actually also in Matthew 8. Um, and, uh, but we'll, we'll use Luke for tonight for our purposes. So Luke 7, and we'll start verse 1. So after Jesus had finished teaching all this to the people, he entered Capernaum. Uh, a centurion was there. Uh, had a slave um, who, had, who, who was highly regarded, but who was sick and at the point of death. When the centurion heard about Jesus, he sent some Jewish elders to him, asking him to come to heal his slave. When they came to Jesus, they urged him earnestly, he is worthy to have you do this for him because he loves our nation and, and even built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. And when he was not far from the house, the centurions sent friends to say to him, 
Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not presume to come to you. Instead, say the word, and my servant must be healed. For I too am a man set under authority, with soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And he turned and said to the crowd that followed him, I tell you, not even in Israel have I found such faith. So when those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave well. Well, so we see amazing things happening there. We see another healing and uh, in our uh, Unstoppable God series. And uh, sometimes it's good just to unpack. So it's a smaller We're going to unpack this by asking some sort of basic questions. And you might want to use these, even take a photo of the screen. But we're going to put some, some questions on the screen, which are simple questions about opening up the passage, just to delve in. I don't know if you use them at all. But Ben, if you, do you want to bring them up? So the first simple question is going to be something like, well, what type of sickness is it? Um, they might come up on the screen in a bit. So Luke says... Who was sick? He was sick to the point of death. Now, in, in Matthew, in chapter 8, we haven't read that one, but it's the same account. This, Matthew 8 records that the servant is lying at home, paralyzed and in terrible anguish. So the centurion's his possibly closest servant and a friend, was at a point of being in pain and in anguish, and even probably near death at that moment. So there was some urgency. There was a, a stepping, you know, to do anything to help his friend and his servant is where the centurion's at. I don't know if you've ever been at that point where you just need help. And it's good to know that there is help around when you hear of people who can help you. You do anything to go find that person, don't you? You go and find them because you are desperate. It wasn't a family member. Do you remember Richard said that God cares? He cares for families. Do you remember that? Well, here God is caring, or a centurion is caring for a servant, and yet Jesus is healing a servant, not just family members, but actually people we care about, God comes and wants to touch. So how did Jesus pray for the sickness? There's another one. How did he? Well, let's see. Jesus didn't exactly pray, if you notice. In, in Matthew 8, he, he, well, Jesus just said a word. He didn't pray and take a time of prayer. In Matthew 8, which we haven't read, Jesus says, go, just as you've believed, it will be done for you. It's just a statement. Just a, how could that be, that just go and it will be done for you? So actually, you know, we see from the passage in Luke that the centurion never actually met Jesus. The centurion, not even the slave, met Jesus. And he sent friends. He sent friends. The centurion commissioned friends to go, saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself to come to my house, because I'm not worthy to have such a great guy come to my house. And Jesus didn't so much as pray for the servant, as he, as he did just send a message back via friends. Go, go, go give this message to him. It, go, be, he will be healed. It will be done for you according to your faith. So it's not so much showy words. Jesus wasn't showing off. He was more of a, more of a statement. And he, he wasn't shouting. It was more of uh, just a declaration of his intention. And, and Jesus said, based on your faith. Based on your faith, but whose faith? Whose faith? And it takes me to another question. Where is the faith involved in the healing? 
and whose? You can ask these questions, pick up any of these passages and start asking the question, where is the faith involved in the healing and whose is it? Because we hear so many times, don't we, out there that actually you haven't got enough faith, you're still sick. You know, you haven't got enough faith. Why are you still sick? But actually here we see that Jesus never met the paralyzed man. He's paralyzed. This was nothing to do with the paralyzed man that he got, he got saved and got actually healed. It was nothing to do with the guy who was sick. Well, whose faith was it? Jesus was talking, about this, was talking to the centurion's friends and elders who'd come. Well, it wasn't the servant. So who was it? Well, the centurion for sure, because Jesus declared it, didn't he? He declared it. He was amazed at the centurion's faith, that he'd launched and did something brand new. He, he did something which he wouldn't normally do. He sent some elders who marched forwards to actually open up the door and open up the way to Jesus to come. And then he commissioned his friends to go and say, Jesus, you know, please don't come to my house. I'm not worthy. So he actually acted on his faith. And, and these guys, these elders and friends, I think they were part of that faith. They were stepping into the faith of the centurion and being commissioned. So we see people acting in faith. Did you know you can see faith? Did you know that? You can actually see faith. Centurion commissioned these guys. As it were, they were like, he was, there was an urgency. There was an urgency that his, his servant, his, his friend, his companion was sick, even to the point of death. There was an urgency. He had to step out and get out there and do something. Who could help? He heard that Jesus could help. He just heard about it, and he commissioned people. So he was acting, and you could see his faith because his, the elders who knew him, who loved him because they built, he built their synagogue, and, and his friends, he commissioned them. You could, he, you could see the faith of the centurion. See, James in the Bible tells us that actually faith that you can't see is no faith at all. He says that faith without action is, is dead. It's not alive. It's not a living thing. Can people see your faith? Can people see your faith in your life of your love for Jesus and your trust in him? Okay, another question. What happens what happens next? In this, the servant is healed at the same time as Jesus says in Matthew, it's recorded, go just as you've believed, it was done for you. It will be done for you. So Jesus wasn't even present. Oh, he wasn't present. He didn't have to be in the same place as the person to heal them. That's fantastic. God is so powerful and his authority is uh, immense. It is immense. He doesn't have to be present. I remember, just, to, just, just come to me now, I remember there was a time when I was not a Christian and my dad prayed a prayer <laughs> and he was sat next to me, but Jesus wasn't sat really next to me, it was my dad. And he prayed a prayer that I would step forwards and when the next song was at the front, because there was a, a call to say, if anyone wants to give their life to Jesus, come to the front. And I was going, no, that's not going to happen to me. No chance. They, you know, nobody's going to come forward now. They're all on holiday and having a great time. But my dad prayed a prayer. He told me afterwards, he prayed a prayer there, which the prayer went to heaven. <laughs> and God answered the prayer from heaven. And it came back to the person sat next to him, which was me. <laughs> and I felt angels pick me up and launch me forwards in the last song. God doesn't have to be right next to you right now. His authority is immense. And he is in heaven right now and seated at the right hand of his father. And you can pray to him and you can see amazing things happen to those who are far away. 
To the elders and friends, they had gone home after hearing the words go at that moment and hope rose in them as they went. They knew hope was building. Faith brings hope. Faith will always bring hope. When I was launching myself out of that window, I, I didn't have any hope whatsoever, really. It was more faith. Halfway down, falling to the ground, I suddenly felt the beginnings, the beginnings, the small, I feel something tugging upwards. Hope was coming that I wouldn't actually hit the ground. I hadn't actually met the ground yet, but hope was coming in me. Faith turns into hope in God. It does. So did anything unusual happen? There we go, that's the next question. Jewish leaders paved the way. This is amazing. I think there's one line in my notes. Jewish leaders paved the way for a Gentile slave to be healed. And uh, the faith of a centurion was noted as unusual. It really what Jesus said, uh, you know, this is, I've not seen faith like this guy. I haven't even met the guy, but what I hear about this guy, the centurion, his faith is like nothing you know, guys. He was talking to the Jews. He was saying, this faith is like nothing I've seen in the whole of Israel. That is so almost damning to the Jews to say that you guys haven't got faith. You see, you enter by faith. In Hebrews, we know, and we can read that without faith in God's Son, it is impossible to please God. And the Jews, they, they'd lived their lives, you know, going through life believing just because they had Moses and, and we're the real deal, we're the Big Mac, we, we really are the guys that everyone knows is the place to come if you want to have the real deal. You come to us because we've got the history. And Jesus is saying, actually, you've got nothing. This guy believes in me and my authority. He has got everything. It is a truly unusual thing to happen. So not even in Israel, Jesus says, not even in Israel have I found such faith. But what was Jesus talking about? And, and would he say the same about us? <laughs> For the people of Israel... And today, I don't know if you noticed, we all live by faith, actually. You know, we do, the Israel did amazing things. They planted, they planted seeds in the faith that the crops would come up. I mean, it's, that's what they did. Every Israelite would go to bed and believe that the sun comes up. We do the same today, don't we? I mean, we, we drive cars so fast, but actually we have faith that we've got brakes to stop us again. You live by faith all the time. Even tonight, you have acted in amazing faith some less or more than others, by sitting on your chairs, that actually your chair will hold you up. That you've acted in faith in sitting down. We all act in faith. We do. We live our lives by it. So what was Jesus talking about? It's not that such faith is just unusual. He's saying it's the what was the faith in that is unusual. You see, this centurion, he didn't have faith in his own battle skills in fighting in the battlefield, or even in his own authority, the centurion had faith in a person, and that person was what he had heard of, of Jesus. And he stepped out in that understanding of what he had known and carried on in that, commissioning others. His faith was seen. You could see it because God had spoken, he'd heard something, and he acted on it. He'd never even met Jesus, but he'd only just heard of him that he could help. There is an urgency. There is an urgency that we have. There is an urgency that actually there is an enemy before us. It's called death. And we've got friends who are sick and it's just a sign that actually one day they're going to die. There is an urgency, like this servant 
There is an urgency that we need to do everything we can do for them and for their benefit. And the one person who has authority, and we're talking about him tonight, the centurion heard it, he believed it, and he sent guys to do it, to find Jesus. Are you finding Jesus for your friends who are in need of him? It isn't so much about having faith or not. The question is, who is your faith in? How can you have faith in someone you don't know? The wonder of this is that it says that the centurion had known of her, had heard of Jesus. I mean, it's like like that thin wire attached around my my harness. It was like I'd heard a little bit. And and he stepped into that. It's so weak and feeble and it doesn't seem like much. But actually hearing about Jesus is what brings faith. The question is, what's attached to the other side? The other end. What's attached to the other end of your faith? Is it truth or is it just good wishes? Is it truth? Read the Bible. These are great stories because they tell us who the real Jesus is and what he's done. Get to know him. Find out what the truth is. Who is on the other end of your faith? Because he's so wonderful and he will bring hope. What hope in what? And what did he do for us? But he became a substitute for us. He laid down his life, a perfect life, so that we could benefit and have his perfect life. And he could take our sinfulness and all the things that we've done against God and all the things that we've done to break a relationship with a holy God. He took that on the cross. And that's what we have faith in. A Jesus who did and offered up his life willingly for us. You see, there was, let me finish really, but there was another time, there was another centurion in the Bible. Another one later on. I wouldn't think it's the same one. There was quite a few around at the time. Um, And this centurion was there when Jesus died at the cross. And he looked on and he saw Jesus die. And when he saw Jesus and after he died, he said, said, surely this man, or to get it right, surely this man was innocent. This is why in the translation it might say, surely this man was the son of God. But surely this man was innocent. He had this, the plaque above his head saying that he was the king of the Jews in the three different languages. That was his, his crime. They put these things above people's heads to say, you know, as you walk down, it's almost like going down to the shops. You could see, oh, right, they did that, or they did that, they're crucified for that. The two guys either side would have had signs saying what they'd done so that they could be, he was counted among the criminals. And this centurion was looking on at this Jesus, and he said, surely this man was innocent. Surely this man was innocent of saying he was the son of God. Surely this man was the son of God. And while he was dying there, Jesus the healer, Jesus the one who brings faith and brings hope, one of the, one of the criminals said, surely, come on, Jesus, surely you said you were the Christ. Save yourself and us. And the other one said, don't you fear God? Don't you fear him? Don't you, don't you know that this man's done nothing wrong? And we've got what we deserve by being here. We deserve this, but he's done nothing wrong. And he turned to Jesus, and while he's on the cross, he stepped out of the door in faith. He'd heard something about him. He'd obviously heard that Jesus was a righteous man and a good man. And he stepped out, he hung on to that. And he said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And Jesus, while he was on the cross, he said to the guy, he says, did he, did he say, heal him? Did he say, okay, your sins are, your sins are forgiven. You be healed, get down from the cross and walk and be free. Did Jesus heal him from the pain of the moment? 
No, Jesus did an amazing thing. He said, today you will be with me in paradise. He was forgiving his sins, a criminal on the cross. Because of the guy's faith, because the guy was trusting in what he heard about Jesus. And we can do the same. And you can do the same for your friends. You can actually bring Jesus into the circumstances and say, Jesus, we need you. Can, can people see your faith? Can they see your faith? It may not end up and may not change the outside, being, the outside world or the, the visible world. It didn't for this guy on the cross. But Jesus was still healing. He was healing from sins. And he was, he was promising and bringing hope. Faith brings hope when Jesus speaks. Amen? Amen? Let me finish. In 1 Peter, it says, Blessed be to God and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's just pray for a bit. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are a good God. Lord Jesus, no matter the smallest or the, the, the largest piece of truth we know about you, thank you, God, it's saving truth. It can bring salvation to us when we trust it with our whole heart. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, that, Lord, Lord, faith is like, uh, it protects us. It protects us from hurts. It protects us from, the, from, from uh, being hurt. And, Lord, just like stepping out of that doorway and, and falling down to the ground, Lord. Some of us may feel we're falling and we're out of control. But, Lord, we trust in what we've heard about you. We trust that it's connecting us to you, a living God. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Some of you may actually have, for the first time, thought, do I actually trust him? It's not trusting in things. It's not even trusting in the faith of your parents. It's not trusting in what you've heard through other people. It's do you trust him? Have you fastened the belief and the trust in Jesus to your own personal harness? Is he connected to you? Oh, Jesus. There's simple prayers you can pray. I want to just... Lead us in one before we move on. I just don't want to pass by this. If you, if you want to connect Jesus into your life and say, Lord, I want, I want you. I need you. Thank you for what you did on the cross. There's a, I'm opening up a way that we can pray right now where you can actually connect Jesus to your life and be on a different destination. Oh. So if you want to just, replay, oh, just pray it with me and just repeat it after me. Jesus, oh Jesus, thank you that you are the Son of God. I, I hear the truth about you from, my, from, from what I hear tonight. And I, I hear the truth of you when I read the Bible. And I trust that you are alive today. That you died on the cross for my sins. And you raised up three days later and you're in authority, you're with your father, you're sitting on the throne. I thank you for your death. I thank you for your resurrection and life. 
I give you my life. Thank you that you take my sin through your death on the cross and you give me your good life and perfect life. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Father. Lord Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Jesus, as we worship now, as we worship you, Lord, we're going to lift up our hearts to you again, Lord. We're going to thank you that we're connected in with you. And we're going to continue to worship and we're going to pray, oh God, for those, Lord, that we, we know are falling and need to know your saving touch. Lord, those who are, are hurting, Lord, even far away, Lord, we can pray for them tonight and know that you hear and know that you have power and authority. Lord Jesus, thank you. Lord, help people see our faith in you. Help people see our faith. Oh, there would be a living faith. Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Wow. Well, let's worship and then see where we go. Thank you for that. Yeah. All right. All right. All right.